Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. And we are live. So I want to welcome the wonderful, super talented, super fabulous, super califragic, um, multi, 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 multi author, Tammy Sauer. Welcome. Yay. Yay. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Pickled pink. You can see how pink I am. You are pink. Um, I am. It's, it's 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 a little bit of a lighting thing, but I'm a little pink today. Um, <laughs> there's a story here somewhere, but uh, you've already covered pigs. Anyway, um, I before I forget, my name is Mel Rosenberg, that I remember. I am the host of the Children's Literature Network, all the Children's Literature Channel of the New Books Network. And my guest is the wonderful Tammy Sauer. Welcome to the show, Tammy. I sound like the Muppets. <laughs> well, very happy to be here. I'm excited for our conversation. And we are we are celebrating. Um, you wanted to celebrate the underpants. That didn't yes. sound good. Uh, we want to celebrate your new picture book, The Underpants. But you have sure. four, four or five other books that just came out. Yes, so, I have four coming out in 2022. So, But The Underpants is the most recently published. You, you wouldn't happen to have a copy somewhere. Well, I don't know. So this is The Underpants, and it came out October 4th with Scholastic Press, and the illustrator is Joran Cole, and this is his first picture book, and I just could not have been happier with the art for this book. I mean, look at this cover. It is just so full of funniness and joy, and I love the expressions, and anyway, cannot believe it's his first book, so could not have been happier. And you you are um, quoted as saying that if you want to succeed in the picture books, you have to write your weirdness so not really right to your weirdness I say celebrate the weird stuff in life because it's good material for stories I tell that to kids all the time in school visits I tell that to writers when we're at writing conferences just pay attention to the stuff that kind of you know seems just a little weird or a little funny and see if that can maybe lead you into an idea for a story okay I'm I, I hope I'm not surprising you by telling you that you're not the first author I've interviewed who's written the picture book on underpants. But um, for me, it's a really weird topic. It, it's one that I wouldn't, I was going to say I wouldn't touch. That's also bad. Um, yeah, that's really bad. Uh, um, so run us through the uh, the underpants and, sh- and, and read a little bit and show us a few. Oh, no. I was going to say show us a few double spreads. The, yeah. This is t- yeah, this you got to stop this. If, if, if you have children listening to this video cast or podcast, please put them away right now. Okay, but now they can come back because I will not be inappropriate. But I might. Okay, well, they're just taking a risk. Well, the underpants, how this book got its start was my editor, Ken Geist at Scholastic, contacted my agent and said that uh, he thought I'd be a good fit for a book called The Underpants. He said that he had talked with a lot of the people at the Scholastic book fairs 
And there was some interest generated by some of those people for a book with that title and to have it be a play on the book, The Mitten, which Jan Brett has written. And there are many different versions of the book. It's based on an old Ukrainian folktale. Well, I used to teach pre-K. And when I taught pre-K, I loved sharing The Mitten with the kids. We would act it out. It would just be the best. And so when Ken approached my agent, Laura Renner, and asked if this would be something I'd be interested in. I mean, right away, I was like, yes, 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 yes. But I knew my take had to be different than Jan Brett's take and Alvin Tressel's take. And so what I did was I decided to change the cast of characters. They're not woodland animals. They're all farm animals. I set this in a scene that's very much like my childhood home. And I really amped up the silliness. And so that's how my take on that old Ukrainian folktale became a book. So this is The Underpants, again, illustrated by Joran Cole. And it starts off, we see, hold on. This is hard to do. I usually have it up like a, as a part of a PowerPoint. So there's the title page and you already get a little foreshadowing. You see this kitty peeking through the window, noticing that fresh pile of laundry and farmers. He has this coffee. He's getting ready to start his day. And I'll just read a few spreads. One chilly morning, Kitty pounced on a farmer's fresh pile of laundry. She made an unexpected discovery. Ah, said Kitty, I love this cozy coat. And when I share it with kids, they all panic. They're like, it's not a coat, it's underpants. It was a perfect fit. Kitty sauntered outside for a trip around the barnyard. Kitty, said Dog, what are you doing in those underpants? Kitty looked as proud as a kitty could. It's a coat, said Kitty. Oh, said Dog, is there room enough for me? And there was, barely. And so that's how it gets its start. And they go around the farmyard. And as they're going around the farmyard, more and more animals, they are pointing out that this underpants. And they're like, no, it's a coat. And the other animals are like, oh, can, can I be a part of this too? And then my favorite, oh, I have to show you my favorite, favorite, favorite line. So, okay, this is probably my favorite line of anything I've written in the history of anything I've written. So, Cow's getting ready to join. And as you can see, all of the animals are a little bit nervous about this situation. And it says, um, well, move over, said cow. Here I come. Now, this is my favorite spread ever. It was a tidy whitey fit. And I love this. Originally, they had this as a one pager. And I talked to my editor and I'm like, no, no, this requires a two page spread because it's such a big moment in the book. And it's so funny. And it really gives an opportunity for Jordan's art to shine. So that's a little bit of the underpants. Amazing. Congratulations. Well, it's, thank you. Uh, how does it end? How does it oh, end? Sorry, oh, sorry. Okay. How, okay. What, well, I, I cannot new, tell you how it ends. Of the book. I cannot tell you how it ends, but I will tell you at the very, very end, there's an art note. And at the art note, it describes my love of the mitten. And it also lets you know that this book is de dedicated to some of my favorite teachers because I wanted to thank them for all of their support. Anyway, the other people. Including, including your university professor who told you oh. to become a writer. Oh, I've dedicated other books to her. These are for elementary, middle school, and high school age ah, teachers, but okay. I did have that college professor who was instrumental in me becoming a writer. I would not have become a writer if it wasn't for Dr. Marjorie Hancock from Kansas State University. Yay. So um, always good to give credit to professors. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So um, let's talk about uh, you. By the way, 
Um, I haven't read all of your 30 some odd picture 35 books. 35 so far, so far, and then I've got more coming out. I know. I'm sure you do, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them. So my favorite part is from the how to, um, how to, um, what's, what's the word? How to uh, train a lion? How oh, to caring for your lion. Caring for your lion. Oh, you want to guess? I'm sure you do. What is my favorite? I don't have all that? of them on the shelf behind me. This is just my Zoom setup. So this is, I just have a few that fit on my shelf. That's this, what they all say. You need, you need a caravan for all your books. Oh my goodness. This book, I love it too. This book is illustrated by Troy Cummings. And oh so, my, have you ever seen what's underneath the jacket? Hold on. No. Troy is so funny. He made it look like a pizza box because there's some, you know, there's a pizza scene in this book. And it says, it says, caring for your lion since 1925. Serengeti Brothers Pizza. And then the toppings are tomato, olive, mushrooms, green pepper, spinach, pineapple, sausage, pepperoni, gazelle, giraffe, buffalo, zebra, and rhino. I mean, so funny. So yeah, it was a joy to work on this book. So okay, so I, I, I want I want to so what do you, what is my favorite line from that book? Oh gosh, what is your favorite line in this book? Hold it's on, from let me number, just, let me, it's from number let me just, oh, I, oh hold on. Um let you. me see, let me see. Um I'll tell, I don't know if it'll be your favorite line, but it'll, it's my favorite. Um, expect a teensy bit of shedding. Is that your favorite line? No. Oh, what's your favorite line? <laughs> Try again. It's like uh, Phil, I'm paraphrasing, fill the bathtub with equal oh, parts that's like water right and lion. Oh, <laughs> okay. And it says um, post bath, your lion is half his normal size. Is that it? And then it says, do not panic. Is that it? No, isn't there one oh, the where it's a bathtub with one part water and one part lion? This is your favorite scene. So tell me what's your favorite line. Fill the bathtub with one part lion and one part water. Oh, yeah. It says, at bath time, fill the tub with equal parts water and lion. That is a good line. It's been so long yeah. since I've read this book. So thanks for bringing it up. It's my pleasure. That's my job today, to remind you of things that you've written. Yeah, I was like, that's pretty good. Now I need to step up my game. So I write another good line like that. Absolutely. So um, now take us back to the beginning of Tammy Sauer in, uh, in a town with like six inhabitants. It feels like six inhabitants. Victoria, Victoria, Wyoming or something. Victoria, Kansas, a population about 2000, no stoplights in Victoria, Kansas. I love this town. I was just back there visiting in the town. I visited with family. I stopped and visited my favorite middle school teacher. It's just, it was a good place to grow up. And I didn't grow up in town. I grew up outside of town. I grew up on a tiny farm. And on our farm, we had a horse, we had cows, we had ducks, we had chickens, we had geese, we had dogs, we had cats. But most of all, we had pigs. We always had hundreds and hundreds of pigs on the farm. And I think because I grew up on that farm, I think that's why many, many of my books star farm animals. So if you look at my collection, I bet Probably about 10 out of the 35 take place on farms. And I'm, you know, you're not the first farm girl that I've interviewed. I'm thinking okay. that one, one way to picture book stardom is to grow up on a farm. It, hmm. it worked for me. So it sure did. So, um, and um, I, I have to assume that if you grew pigs, you're not really Jewish. No, <laughs> I'm. I'm not, but I don't even really, I don't eat much meat. So I don't eat any pork. I don't eat any beef, but I don't eat any fish, but I will eat ch chicken and I'll eat some turkeys, but yeah, no pork for me. I, I Yeah. And, and for me, not, neither. So, um, but it, here's the thing. Okay. Um, I'm going to say this before I forget to say it because um, 
the, the books that you write are weird and wonderful, and yet they have Hollywood endings. Um, everything comes out good in the end. We're going to talk about Avery in a few minutes. Okay. And he, and he saves like the day. like vintage Tammy Sauer. Yeah. And he, well, I, I can bring you to more recent books. And he's like the hero, right? But at the end of the day, he still rides the cow instead of the horse. He's still allergic to horses. He won't eat grits and beans. Um, and you have, because you're such a nice person, I think you have trouble being mean. And then when I was looking at, at this book, and it's funny that you should mention it because I was looking at it today and I saw all these pizzas with, um, you know, um, rhinoceros pizza. And it's funny, but it's, it's just a little bit, um, you know, it's not, it's not vegetarian. Sometimes. So I was saying, okay, that's, um, that's the other side of Tammy that I would like to read more of. Ones she, with pops the, out, she pops out quite a bit. So just got read all 35 books and I'm sure you'll find a lot little tidbits of it. Okay. I, I, I was actually wondering what I'm going to do in 2023. So maybe I'll just. There you go. Now you got a plan. Got a hobby. And I'll tell you what the problem is. By the time I read your 35 books, you'll have published 35 more. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. It's, 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 it's totally specific. Okay. So you're a tiny little girl on a farm in, um, in Kansas, like Dorothy. And, uh, and then what happened? Well, I uh, was planning to be an elementary school teacher. I went to Kansas State University and that was the game. Oh, plan. no, 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 no. Oh. Yeah. My interviews center on Tammy as a four or five-year-old. Oh. If you, if you write picture books, you must be a five-year-old. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's like inside, like when I'm writing, it's like I can... I can think and feel like a five or six year old. I mean, it's just, it's easy to tap into that. Um, I grew up with, I had a brother and a sister. So, and we were on the farm. So we were like always doing outdoorsy things and building forts. And uh, we got lots of snow when I was a kid. And so I remember our dad, like pulling us on our sleds with his tractor down the fields. And it was just a good way to grow up. And I can just, I can remember the joy of that and the wonder of childhood and I can just, I can, for some reason, I'm easy. It's easy for me to kind of tap into what would be funny to a kid that age. You don't want it to be uh, too funny because like a lot of kids won't get things, but sometimes I include extra funny things for older people because I want my adult readers to be having some fun too. So, but were you a goofy five-year-old? Were you weird? I don't think I was weird. I think I was kind of quiet when I went to school and then I, um, I think as I got older, I, I became, I don't know, I, more extroverted, but I'm also very introverted. I love to be by myself, but I also love hanging out with people too, but I like to do it in a good balance. And you've been writing since you could write. I've been writing. I, I tell kids at school visits that all of the writing you're doing right now helps you to be a better writer, whether you're writing a poem or a letter or in your diary, every bit of writing is some good writing practice because I tell them it's just like playing an instrument or playing a sport. I ask them, how did you, I go, how did you get, how did you get better? And they're like practice. And I'm like, it's the same thing with writing. The more you do it, the better you get at it. So um, I did not become an author. I, Gosh, um, so I've been writing and writing and writing and writing. And I even remember when um, when I was in high school, I had lots of pen pals. In middle school, I had pen pals. I still have a couple of the same pen pals. Um, but yeah, all of the, 
all of that writing, but I never, never planned to be an author. That was not, that didn't even, that didn't even cross my mind as a job. So what, what were your favorite subjects? My favorite uh, Before subject, college. I, I would say, I, gosh, um, I would say it probably was like language arts. I loved, I loved digging in and doing good grammar. I thought that was like fun because it was almost like mathematical to kind of get it all organized, kind of like a puzzle. Um, in middle school, that teacher that I visited last week, she was big on diagramming sentences. So I was like, that was like almost a game to diagram sentences. Um, I just, I just really enjoyed the experience of being in school. I love being with my friends. When you go, when you are in a small town, you're involved in everything. I mean, I, I played sports. I was a cheerleader. I was on the dance team, but I wasn't like super coordinated at any sports. But I mean, but when you're in a small town, everybody does everything. You have that um, episode of being a cheerleader. And <laughs> yeah, tell that us was, about that one. Oh, oh, you mean about falling like chasing pigs? Oh, okay. So I was, I did that. I was no, listen, really before the show, I asked you whether I could ask you any question. Yes. Yeah, so said, in eighth grade, ahead, so. Eight, this would have been my eighth grade year or my freshman year. But I, like, because we had hundreds of pigs, sometimes we had over a thousand pigs and pigs are smart. Pigs always know how to get out of the pen. And my dad would have them organized in different pens along the, around the farm, according to size. But it was just like one of those things that they would break out. And if a, if one pig gets out, then the others are just going to follow. And then your whole yard is covered in pigs. And my mom did not like that. So whenever somebody noticed that the pigs were out, then somebody would say, the pigs are out. And all of us had to race outside and chase those pigs back to where they belong. And it did not matter what time it was. It did not matter what you were doing. It did not matter if you were getting ready to go cheer at the basketball game later that day. You had to get out there. And so, and like, sometimes it was in the mud and I remember wearing those big over, they're called overshoes that you wear over your shoes and, and they would be like my dad's, which didn't fit. And so, you know, sometimes you get stuck in the mud and then you just like, kind of like tip over if it just doesn't go well. So, but that was just part of it. So there you have it. Very glamorous life I lead. No, I think it's fine. So um, then you finished the high school mm -hmm. yes. and you went to college in the big city. I went to college in Manhattan, Kansas. They call it the Little Apple. Loved, loved Manhattan. I that's still one of my favorite towns. It's just such it was such a good place. It was beautiful. It was close to Kansas City. It's close to the, close to the, the, Does it have does it have a little Empire State Building? No. A little little Central no. Park? Not that I've not that I've ever seen, but it was a beautiful, beautiful place to spend a lot of years. Because so I I went to school there, and then I I taught at a school near Manhattan. So I ended up being able to live in this wonderful place for six years. But I went to K State to get my degree in elementary ed, and during my senior year of college, my language arts professor pulled me aside and she said, "Tammy, you have a gift with words. You should pursue publication." And again, had she not said that it would have never occurred to me to become an author. And she was such a wonderful teacher. She started every class period by reading a picture book to us. It was the best thing to walk into her class. And you got to, just got to relax a little bit. Then all of a sudden she shared a story. And I think that helped foster my love of picture books as a grown-up. Okay, so what, what picture books uh, were you read to? 
Oh goodness. My parents were busy. I mean, my, my dad was busy being a farmer. And if you're a farmer, you're working like from six until like 11. And my mom, she was um, getting her master's degree when I was little. Plus she was teaching full time. Plus she had three little kids. And so I feel like I wasn't read to very much, but I do remember having the book, the pokey little puppy. So every time I see that, like at the grocery store or, you know, at bar, no, well, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, because that's the one book I can remember being read to. But my parents were readers. I remember, I remember my dad loved reading books about the war and all kinds of nonfiction books. And my mom loved like the romance novels. And then later on, she got into Amish, Amish fiction. And it was just like, they, so they, and I mean, my mom was a big, the, like throughout her whole hold life. everything. Are you from an Amish background? No, not at all. But she just, she just kind of, she picked up one book one day and she kind of was like, oh. and then she kind of got hooked on it. And so anyway, so yeah, so it was like Romeo's novels for a while. And then it was Amish fiction. So if somebody's wanting, I don't know, to try something new, I guess there's an option. Something weird and wonderful. Um, okay. So, so, so your professor, Dr. Marjorie Hancock, mm-hmm. put you on the yellow brick road to start. I mean, all she did was say that sentence. I mean, that that is it. And it was just- that, That's to, all you need to say. I know, because I tell kids at school visits this too. It's just like having somebody believe in you that really helps you to believe in yourself and that gets you excited. And so I tell teachers a lot, I'm like, notice, notice what your kids are good at and mention it to them because they might not know it. And it's just good to hear it. And it's very encouraging. And so- yeah, it really, I mean, that is, that is why I do what I do is because of that one conversation. And you, you're a very, you're like a master, a master craftsman, not only with the story, but also with the words. Oh, yes. Um, I, I, um, I, wordy birdie. Is that, is that a little bit Tammy Sauer? That is a little bit Sierra Ricky, my niece, Sierra, when she was four, she would just talk, talk, like, she lived in Texas at the time, so I didn't get to see her very often. I still don't get to see her very often, but I remember when she was four and she would talk to me on the phone, it was like this big run-on sentence. And I was like, oh my goodness. And so when the words wordy birdie came to me, it was just one of the ideas that I had jotted down in Tara Lazar's story storm one day was wordy birdie, because I liked it. It was a rhyming thing. It already tells you a little bit about the character. And then I, I remembered, I remembered little Sierra, who's now 14. And I, I decided I, I need to give this a try. And it was so fun to write a picture book with a lot of words. Cause she was just like, talk, 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 talk. Cause usually I'm so used to paring things down. And I love to do that. It feels like a puzzle to pare down a picture book into the best words possible. But with wordy birdie, she just she just talked and talked. And so it was a, it was a different feel. And even when, um, let me see if I have that one. I don't. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so if you look closely on the cover, you see words. My editor said, can you come up with a lot of content that Wordy Birdie might be saying on the cover of the book? And so there are extra words here. And then when um, when we did the flaps, she wanted me to write the flaps, but write it in Wordy Birdie's way. And then even when we did our author and illustrator information, she wanted me to interject Wordy Birdie there too, because Wordy Birdie interrupts because she's so excited to tell you everything she's got to say. And I thought that was a really genius idea that my editor, Francis Gilbert, had. 
Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, so I haven't I haven't known you all that long, but I'm going to suggest that there's a little bit of wordy birdie in Tammy Sauer. What? And that there's a little bit of wordy birdie in you. And, and maybe it's a sublimated version because you said that you're introverted, but you're not introverted in your writing. No, I, I feel like I feel like I'm a good balance. I mean, if I had to be by myself every day, all day, then I would uh, that would not be great. But I do, I always make sure I have like lunch dates with somebody. I'm like, I just had lunch with a friend yesterday and on Friday I'm going to a movie. And then on this weekend, my daughter's coming home. And so I love it. But then I also just love that. Huh, and it, it it helps me to, I don't know, just, I guess, I don't know, grounds me a little bit just to be by myself a little bit too. So I, I can tell you that since I started writing in earnest, I've become much less friendly <laughs> because- because you need this time to be with yourself and write. Yes, yes. And um, yeah, so, but this uh, this show is about you. So uh, you finished college and uh, you had this um, uh, approbation, is that a good word? Um, and, uh, and you say to yourself, oh, I don't want to be a teacher. I want to be a picture No, that didn't happen but at all. I, I, know, I, I know, I know, you became a teacher. <laughs> I, I first I became a library media specialist because there was this job opportunity and I... I was, I was, this was like 1995. And so I just learned about the internet. It was a big year. I just got my first email address. So I started uh, grad school the summer after I graduated from Kansas state to get my degree in library science. And then I had a job that started in that, that August. And so I would be, I would be, uh, I, I had, I had a school that was pre-K through eighth grade. So I I, I, I did library sessions with pre-K through sixth grade, and then I did stuff with middle schoolers as needed. Plus, after I got the job, they said, oh, by the way, you'll also be teaching middle school electives, because I think that happens a lot in teaching. You get a lot of those, oh, by the way. And at first, I was petrified because I was 22, and these people were like 13 and 14. But I loved working with those kids, and my, my two um, electives were storytelling and 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 writing so I got to choose exactly what I wanted to do so that was super fun for me so I did that for a couple of years but I'd always thought about Dr. Hancock thinking you know maybe maybe and then then I then we moved to Albuquerque and I had my daughter and I was teaching pre-k and I was still thinking well maybe 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 and then my daughter and then I had my son and then when my um, daughter was I think she was either three or four. It was when she was in preschool. There was a, an illustrator who visited her school and I happened to run into him in the hall and just seeing somebody who was in that business just made my heart pound a little bit. And I thought, I want to be a part of that too. And so after I left uh, the school, I went to Barnes and Noble and I got the latest copy of the children's writers and illustrators market guide. And I decided that I needed to make writing a priority because that time since Dr. Hancock said something until Julia was like three or four, I would dabble in writing a little bit, like write for a week, stop for a month, write for two days, stop for a year. But when I saw an illustrator, I thought, oh, I've got to do this. And so I was very fortunate in that I was able to get my kids to simultaneously nap for two hours every day. I call this my greatest accomplishment as a human being because that was gold. And during those two hours, I would not, I, I, I would not read People magazine. I would not talk to my mom on the phone. I wouldn't do laundry. I wouldn't sleep. During those two hours, I was going to figure out how to be a children's picture book author. And so I spent those two hours reading picture books, 
trying to write picture books. They were terrible. Um, and then reading books about how to write picture books. And so those two hours to me were what helped me to kind of just get in that mindset that I, I want to do this. I, I, I really want to give it a good go. And then what happened? Well, I wrote some really bad stories. And then uh, this, so in 2004, so I've been writing probably about a year at this point. Um, my husband and I, we tucked Mason into bed. He was our baby. And we tucked Julie into bed, who was like our three-year-old. And we were getting ready to sit down and watch a movie. Then we heard this big knock at the door and we weren't expecting anybody. So we went to go open the door and there was a kid standing there. And he said, hi, I'm selling newspaper subscriptions. I'm trying to raise some money. I want to go to cowboy camp. Well, this kid didn't look like a cowboy or act like a cowboy or walk like a cowboy. And at first I thought, ooh, I hope this kid will be okay. And then I thought, oh, that's a great idea for a story. So I wrote Cowboy Camp about a kid named Avery. He Wait, was that his name? Uh, no, I have no idea what this kid's name was. I just thought Avery just didn't sound very cowboy-like. So I wrote this book about a kid named should, Avery who goes should, to cowboy he should, camp. He should get a hundred free books. Avery, wherever he should. You are. I mean, he's probably in his, he's Tammy, in his 30s now. He, might, he probably doesn't even know. Oh, he doesn't. Um, There's no way. And, 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 okay, but, 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 okay, but he, we, we know a few things about him. He's in his 30s and his name isn't Avery. That's all I got. It could be Avery. No, you have more. You have more. We've never, I never even know if it can't be, be Avery. I just came up he, with he, it. He sold newspaper subscriptions in Albuquerque. No, this was actually, I was living in Utah at the time. <laughs> oh, are you a, a, a Church of Later Day Saints person? No. No, okay. I, we were just uh, there temporarily, and that just happened to be where this happened. Okay. And um, so we know that he's from Utah. And um, we know that he went to cowboy camp. Yeah, that's all. That's all I got. I mean, it, because even, I mean, still, even after I got the idea, then I had to write the book, and then I had to <laughs> sell the book, and then it takes a couple of years before the book comes out. So, so, so Tammy, one sec. So then you you sat down and you wrote the um, the cowboy uh, the cowboy story. Mm-hmm. Um, how many? revisions did you end up going through until it was published okay so you're talking about something that happened in 2004 so if I could go back in time and tell you I would but I just I don't and I don't really count drafts I just I just I work and I sometimes you know I might change a few words sometimes I might change a bunch sometimes I might you know just cut some words so I really cannot tell you I have no idea but I knew I knew that there was something good about this one. I felt extra excited about this one and I sent it out and I got, I got, I, I got. No, no critique okay. group, no critique partners. No, nothing. No, no, I knew nothing. No regional meetings. No, no, I knew nothing. I knew nobody. And all I did was I read, 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 read picture books. I had that at that. But the more you read it, the structure, the feel of it sticks in your mind. And and I, I recognize books that I loved. And then I was a school, you know, librarian for a while. So I was exposed to a lot of books there. And then I taught pre-K for a while. And I was exposed to a lot of picture books there. And so very self-taught. And so then I had my little, you know, writers, illustrators, market guy. And I was trying to find out which editors would take unsolicited manuscripts. And so I sent it out through the snail mail, because again, this is 2004, and I got lots of form rejections back, but I got lots of rejections that said, 
this doesn't quite work for me, but send me more. Then I also had three houses take it to acquisitions team meetings. So I knew, wow. I knew it was good, but then this, then the, so it was like, yes, but then it was like, no, no, no. And so I, 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 I happened to be at the, uh, gosh, it was at the, it was, I think it was, I was at a conference. I think it was when I was at that New York conference in 2004. That was my very first SCBWI conference. Again, knew nobody, knew nothing, but there was a little packet of paper that listed some publishing houses and what they were looking for. And one of the houses was Sterling Publishing. They were just starting a children's book line and they were taking unsolicited manuscripts. So I was like, well, I'll give them a try. And then, I mean, within a week, an editor emailed me, I still have it somewhere about how excited he was about it and asked if he could take it to acquisitions. But again, it had been to acquisitions three times. So I really wasn't holding my breath, but then I got the yes. And Sterling was new to picture books at the time. And they wanted to have a, an illustrator on board before they even offered me a contract. Now that's not how it is, but that's how it was like then, but then they decided it was, it was silly to just keep waiting. And then they ended up giving me that contract and um, yeah, that ended up being my first book. It is still available. Uh, it comes out in paperback still and board book. I still get emails from families who want to have cowboy camp birthday parties because they asked me to sign their copies of the books, maybe for um, like the attendees at the parties. It's really, it's really nice that it's reached so many people. So once I you, did it you all did on my own. Yeah. Incredible. And, and you did it without going to cowboy camp. I did not go to cowboy camp. And and you didn't have horse, an agent. But I've you never been to cowboy camp. You didn't have an agent even. Oh, I know. I, I didn't even know what an agent was. I just, I didn't know anything. I didn't. I mean, I was just working at my craft and trying to get better. Okay, look, you know, um, I, I tell the people on the show who know uh, and sometimes forget. Um, one out of about 5,000 manuscripts gets published. Mm-hmm. Those are the odds. And um, the one of the one of 5,000, sometimes uh, more than one book becomes a success. Um, and sometimes writers write three or four and, and you don't seem to stop 35 books. Well, so I would say, I, I, so, so do you recognize that you are like one in, I don't know, half a million writers? Do you, re do you recognize this? When you look in the mirror, sometimes I think about like the odds. I think if I would have known the odds when I was starting out, I think it would have been very stifling and scary. But all I knew was Dr. Hancock thought I was good. <laughs> and so I wasn't I, I didn't realize I was up against, you know, these odds and so much competition. So I just. I tried to write the best stuff I could and I sent it out and I hoped for good, but I did get an agent shortly after that. So I went to the LA conference that year in 2004 and there I met my very first critique partner. I ended up going to some little critique group down in the basement of the hotel. And there was this one girl that I really connected with. And then she said, I think we should be critique partners. And I was like, oh, oh no, because I had two little kids at home and I knew I had two hours to write and I didn't want to give up my two hours to work with anybody else. I needed a focus. That's what I thought. But then, you know, she kind of like wore me down a little bit. And it was the best thing that ever happened that we became critique partners because it was so good because I loved how she was able to look at something and help me to make it better and to push me. And then critiquing her work helped me to be a better writer too. And uh, so 
So then, uh, then we were started, then she and I started talking about, oh, maybe we should look into getting agents. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. But then when I did uh, query agents, I was able to mention that I sold a book through the slush pile. And when I went to that LA conference, the manuscript that I had submitted for a consultation was nominated for the Sue Alexander Most Promising New Work Award. So I was able to put that in my query letter. And I didn't know much about agents. I mean, they don't have a in 2004, there wasn't as much information out there. I mean, you had to really dig, but I knew that I had read this book called Storky. It was a YA novel, Storky, How I Lost My Nickname and Won the Girl by, by Deborah Garfinkel. And I thought that sounds, because at the time I was thinking I might write uh, YA too. And I, I was like, that kind of sounds like my voice. And I, and, and, and Deborah had thanked her agent in the acknowledgement. So Laura was one of the agents, Laura Renner at Andrea Brown was one of the agents I contacted and I had gotten one, I, I contacted three agents, one, uh, no, four, one said no, one, um, asked for a revision request, but then he ended up saying no, one said, let's just send it out how it is. But I wanted an editorial agent who would look at it and, you know, push me to make things better. And then one was Laura and Laura Renner and I have been together now uh, since 2004, which is a pretty good amount of time, like almost 19 years that we've been together. You know, you, you, you talk about the things that in retrospect, you know, we should have done. Um, you know, like like having a a, a critique buddy. Um, and uh, for me, I'm going to now um, say a few words about Story Storm. Oh, I love Story Storm. I do posts for Story Storm every year. Go back there. Ever since Story Storm started, I've been there. Okay, so this is the, you know, like you you um you gave the confessional about the query buddy. And my confessional is, is story storm because until I interviewed, I, I, Tara Lazar was my last interview of, of the last year and you're mm -hmm. my first interview of this year. And I, I wouldn't even look at story storm. Oh, I'm an idea person. I'm a scientist. I'm an inventor. I know ideas. And so I didn't even look at story storm until I interviewed Tara. Really? I said, you know, yes. I mean, I knew it existed, but why should I join when I teach people? courses on how to have ideas I said oh okay she's such a nice lady <laughs> she writes so well I'll give her the shot and um wow I, wow wow I'm, I'm having like ideas like like popcorn see that's so nice and, and Tara you're listening I know so thank you very much and here's the crazy thing so the crazy thing is of course today when I was doing research on you I read your blog on story storm and I found out that Bernie Wordy Wordy Bernie which I love was number 419 on your story storm idea I'm list. You, I probably, and I'm like, I would say at least a third of my books got their start in story storm because I am not an idea person. I think that's the hardest part about this job is coming up with a fresh, original, great idea. I can come up with okay ideas, but to get that sale, you need to have something that's really irresistible. And uh, so I always like that push that in January, it used to be November, but now it's January that I have to jot things down. And usually in the 30, 30 ideas, usually I have one that's really good and I end up selling it. But I, I don't think that, I, I mean, the other stuff, they're like fine ideas, but it just, I got to find the one that really connects with me and I think has like the best potential. 
So, but it's good. And I mean, so I've been in StoryStorm for all of these years. So I have files on my computer, you know, from like 2010 and 2000. I mean, I don't even know how long it's been around, but I, I did, I do a post every year. So if you want some ways that I get ideas, go read the, just type in my name as a oh, keyword I, there and you'll see. And now I'm going to, you can rest assured um, for our next interview. So, um, so it's a, it's a little crazy because um, it, it, it is a little bit, um, what's the word? It's, it's like, it's like, um, it's not real. It's not natural. It's like some kind of coercion to come up with an idea a day, but it damn well helps. I think, and don't my think of it like that. Think of it as a challenge. Think of it as a challenge to come up with an idea each day. Then it's kind of fun. No, I, I, I come up with ideas anyway, but this month I'm coming up with better ideas. So something, something is working. The question that I have for you is, what happens on February 1st? You say, well, oh, I have all my ideas for 2023. Excuse me, I didn't hear what you said. Say that again. No, so so you're doing Story Storm this year also? Always. <laughs> Always. I, like, I can't even believe, I, I can't even imagine a world where I wouldn't do Story Storm because I need the push. Incredible. But then what happens in February? Every year's different. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like, oh gosh, now I got to start writing. I mean, sometimes no, I, I mean, think coming up with ideas. I mean, no, but so, as somebody who's a story storm, a pro, um, why is it limited to January? Why, why? Oh, I write, I, I keep ideas because of this on my phone. Every time I get an idea, I just jot it down. Then I add it to another list later. That's on my computer. But um, I just, I, I think, I, I think another good thing about story storm is that it helps you to connect with other writers because you know that you're not alone and these people are going through the same kind of struggles and they might have a, a way of approaching idea getting that I've never tried. And then that's exciting to me. Uh, we're starting to run out of time. And okay. um, I, I don't want to use up all of our new friendship because I want to interview you again later in the year uh, with one of your new books from 2023. Ooh, like, hold on, like this one? All kinds of special. For example, you want to say a few words? Okay, this book comes out May 9th. It is illustrated by Fernando Martin. And this is his first book. And this book is just filled with happiness and joy. I have a friend named Flora who lives in Florida. And she has a mango tree. And one day, Flora and I were just messaging back and forth, and she was sh showing me pictures of the bowls and piles of mangoes that she had in her kitchen because she was making jam, and she was making this and that. And she said the sentence, I have too many mangoes. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea for a picture book. So originally, this book was called <laughs> Too Many Mangoes. And there's the, the words too many mangoes pop up in this a couple of times, but my editor thought that there were so many books out there with the, with the food in the title that they wanted me to come up with something different. And so all kinds of special popped up in the book a couple of times. I'm like, well, that would be a good approach too. And so anyway, so that's like one of those things where I say celebrate the weird stuff in life. Like if I hadn't paid attention to Flora saying too many mangoes, then I wouldn't have thought of this book and too many mangoes. It sounds good because you have that many and mangoes. Those words sound good together. Plus when you have too many many mangoes you already know what a big problem there's going to be and I just thought it was like the perfect approach the perfect little seed to an idea so very excited about this book and then 
Uh, Vanessa Brantley Newton and I have Mary had a little glam, which was very successful. And then in 2022, we came up with Mary had a little plan. And in 2023, we are going to have Mary had a little jam. And that's like the music kind of jam because Vanessa, I think Vanessa is Mary. If you ever met Vanessa Brantley Newton, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's Mary. Um, but uh, she's very musical. And so I thought that'd be a fun one to do too. So uh, jam and mangoes. Look for those in 2023. It's wonderful. I have an exercise called the uh, Mary had a little, uh, and then you have to fill in with something very weird. Oh uh, yeah. Weird, weirder than jam, clam, and glam. Well, okay. So um, what I think that what your masterful ability, which is really masterful, is to take these weird and wonderful ideas and to craft the words around them and to come up with an ending that is satisfying for kids mm -hmm. and that is such a wonderful special gift um, that the rest of us can only aspire to before i let you go i have to mention two things the okay. first uh, the second one i'm going to forget um, the first is that i learned something you know this wonderful book of yours but the bear came back yes um, hold on hold on and <laughs> hold on i got it okay Okay, so but the bear came back. Yeah, and um, I'm 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 reading it and I'm saying, oh my goodness, it reminds me of a song from the 1940s or 50s. Yes, that's that's where back, I got the idea to write the book. The cat came back. Yes, thought he it, was a goner. That's and, and exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what triggered this idea. I was listening to NPR because I love NPR and they were playing that song and I'm like, oh, song. oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And so even though this doesn't have that lyrical follow that idea, but but I love that butt and bear and back. I like that alliterative feel. I and mean, so so you have at least one a, a reader who, who who thought of that. Yes, knowing well, that very nice. Yes. Yes. I don't think a lot of people would have gotten that right away. So I will you, give you a gold star. You have to be, you have, well, thank you, but you have to be an ancient person. <laughs> because that song was big in the 50s and 60s. I mean, how yes. many people, yes. you know. That song um, is very, very old. Like, like I think, wasn't it written in the 1800s? I think it, it might it could, have been. It could be. I'm not that old. I don't, th yeah, I didn't think so. So um, before we, uh, before we part ways for today, um, what is, do you have like a favorite? I, I, you, you, you mentioned somewhere that your books went on to appear in place. And I thought, isn't that remarkable? It, 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 do I infer correctly that uh, your books take on a life of their own once they're published? Oh, yes. I mean, a lot of times they get published in different languages. And I love knowing that a kid here in Oklahoma can be reading the exact same book that a kid in France is reading. That's fantastic to me. A lot of my books have been developed into musicals. And when that happens, I get script approval because, you know, they have to extend the manuscript quite a bit. So I want to make sure that everything still stays true to my character. So that's really fun. A bunch of my books have been musicals, but I've only seen one and it was it was an amazing experience. It was in a beautiful theater. I was in a crowd of first and second graders that I had just seen all that week at school visits. And so I remember when I walked in, the kids were like, that's Tara Sauer. 
I mean, it was like, it was a very big day for me. So yeah, so that's really, that's, it's, it's just really fun to see how that happens. Plus another great thing, sometimes kids dress up my, as my characters for like, dress up like your char- favorite character at school day. Um, it's just really neat. And sometimes, sometimes kids will mail me their versions of a book that I've written. I mean, like and, I've done a and- lot of, instead of caring for your lion, they'll do like caring for your penguin or caring for your blah, blah, blah. And so that's kind of fun. So. That's it. And, you, and your first foreign sale was which book and which language? It was Princess in Training and it came out in Hebrew, which was fantastic because I'd never, that's my only book that came out in Hebrew. And I love it that when I share it with kids, they're not expecting to open it in reverse. And it's just, it, and it just looks so beautiful in here. I'm, I'm, I'm here in Israel and I'm going to get you a copy. <laughs> okay. Okay. That sounds good. And one for my grandkids. Okay. Um, so the, uh, I guess um, we have kind of run out of time. I mean, we're way beyond the time, uh, but you know, who cares? Um, are there any other tips for aspiring writers that we haven't talked about? Oh goodness. There's so many tips. Um, I just, of course the top ones are read, 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 write, 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 revise, revise, revise. I am in two critique groups now. And when it comes to critique groups, here's a good tip. Find people who are at least as good as you are, if not better. You want people to push you to make something that's good. Great. If possible, it's nice to hear. Oh, I love it. That's so wonderful. But you also need somebody who's going to like notice things that could really stand to have a little extra work put into it um be nice be a be a nice person in this business that 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 would be a good thing um get comfortable with wanting to do school visits I mean I'm doing a school visit tomorrow I'm doing a school visit the next week I'm doing two more the next week uh I never really thought that this would be part of my job to be out there but again I was an elementary school teacher so it's fun for me to be back into schools and so Mm -hmm. I get to go into these schools and I get to talk about what I love the most and then I get to go home and that's pretty great nobody wants no parent needs to call me I don't have homework to grade okay but keep in mind Keep in mind that 99.9% of the writers don't have books to share with the kids. So they're not doing school visits yet. But I'm just saying, keep that in mind that that's probably going to be part of the package deal is I, I, there, and I mean, I know not everybody would feel comfortable doing that, but I'm just saying, just keep it in mind that that it's, it's a nice little lucrative part of this business. Plus it keeps you in touch with your audience. And sometimes when I'm at a school visit, I get a good idea for a book. So that's nice. So maybe tomorrow I'll come home with a good idea. Cause I, I tell kids that sometimes I get ideas from kids. And so what that tells kids to do is after my visit, they're like, Timmy Sour, Timmy Sour. And then they come running up to me to give me good ideas. I'm like, oh, so it's, it's, it's a pretty good gig. I like that very much. Um, writing wise, uh, let's see. Oh, I always tell people tell as much as possible in as little as possible, which means only use the best words in the best order for your books because I just feel like that makes it tighter, more succinct. Uh, Make sure you allow space for the illustrator to tell half of the story through the art because that just helps the book to feel more complete and you want you want your text to rely on the art for some of it. I mean, caring for your lion is a complete example of this because the text basically tells you how easy it is to care for your lion. But then you see in the illustrations, it's absolutely the worst thing ever. 
Um, so I'd say those would be some of my tips to help people who are wanting to be a picture book author or who are just wanting to, you know, get better at writing picture books. So uh, before we go, um, we didn't mention, we, it's impossible to mention all your books. We didn't mention the bunnies, which also oh, came my, out this hold year. Hold on, hold on. I've got it. I think I've got it. Oh no, it's okay. way up. It's it's way up on my shelf. Okay. So um, I now I know why your endings are so nice and why good things happen at the end of the book because uh, Tammy Sauer, you are an incredible, positive, and happy human being, uh, and um, it it shows in your writing. It shows in your character. It shows in this interview. Um, I hate to let you go, but we've been here for almost an hour. Um, I got and, work to do. <laughs> yes, and and because I'm, I don't know whether because I'm Jewish, because I'm a guy. Mm, I, I I was kind of hoping. I'm just going to tell you this, not the thousands of people that are listening. Sometimes I almost want the wolves to win. Well, that wolf wins. He got exactly what he wanted. Did you, if you paid attention to the book, all he wants is a friend. He's a lone wolf who's so lonely. All he wants is a friend and he's become enamored with bunnies. I mean, he's in a bunny fan club. He had the bunny slippers. All he wanted was for the bunnies to love him. And so I feel like he got exactly, exactly what he wanted. And it was unexpected. Incre so I think that's a good thing in picture books too, is like give the readers the unexpected. They're, the whole way through the bunnies, the main bunny thinks that they're going to be gobbled up by this wolf. So he's doing everything in his power to try to convince the wolf to leave Bunnyville. And then he no just- No bunnies says, here. What's that? Oh yeah. No bunnies here. No bunnies here. So it's the book called No Bunnies Here, but it's the book that's filled with bunnies. <laughs> okay. And that is why you are an incredible, incredibly successful writer. Well, thank you. So I'm going to go now and take my manuscript where the wolf only wants to eat the bunny and not to be friends. And I'll say, what would Tammy Sauer do with this? So, but, no, but so, let me just tell you a quick secret that I gotta go. Uh, okay, my book, Nugget and Fang, is probably one of my most successful books. In it, a shark and a minnow who are best friends. I mean, it's just great. Well, in the original first drafts, I actually had Fang eat Nugget. And I sent it to my editor or my agent. My agent said, I love it, but I really don't think one main character should eat the other main character. And I'm like, well, shoot, I thought that was super funny. But then, you know, she's had to like think about it. And it took me a while to come up with an ending that worked for me. But she was right because I didn't want to traumatize any of my readers. But just so you know, originally, uh, yeah, the shark ate the, ate the minnow. Uh now everything makes sense. <laughs> Tammy Sauer, thank you for an hour of your time. You could have written a uh, best-selling book. I'm, I'm really yeah. so happy to meet you. Very and, happy uh, to meet you. Ev everybody go out and, uh, and purchase Underpants, uh, the book, not, <laughs> yes, the, yes. not the article of clothing. Yes. Tammy yes. Sauer, I'm going to track you down in May to talk about the uh, new book and uh, have a splendid day. And thanks so much for spending time with the Children's Literature Channel of the New Books Network. This is Mel Rosenberg thanking Tammy Sauer and everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you too. You have a great, wonderful day as well. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.